the study of culture. Recently it occurred to me that when it comes to studying the language of a particular country, it is very important to be acquainted with the culture, politics and lifestyle of that country. Culture, especially a rich one, has the capacity to awaken interest in a country and consequently in the language spoken by its people. For example, I know that many students who study Russian have told me that their interest in the language was awakened by classical Russian literature, especially Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. Even if they never reach the level at which they can comfortably read the works of these authors in the language of the original, the main thing is that they found the motivation to study the language, to spend time on its complex grammar and on its vocabulary which is so different from that of other European languages. Let's take me as an example. What do I know about the culture of other countries whose languages I study? Probably I know most about the USA and not just about its culture but also about its politics and about the festivals celebrated there such as Thanksgiving, Halloween and Independence Day. What is America for me? America is its presidents, Washington, Lincoln, Roosevelt, Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, George Bush Sr, Bill Clinton, Obama and now Donald Trump to name but a few. America is its endless wars with the local indigenous populations, its ebullient cowboys, its conquest of the Wild West, gold fever, its huge landmass stretching from ocean to ocean, its white settlers, and its Afro-Americans. America is the birthplace of jazz, of Hollywood, of many modern technologies, a country of bankers, billionaires, the internet, Facebook, the tablet, and Skype. I know such American writers as James Fenimore Cooper, whose novels I gulped down when I was ten years old, and Mark Twain, the author of Tom Sawyer. After I had grown up, I read the works of Jack London, Theodore Dreiser, Ernest Hemingway, and J.D. Salinger, though naturally enough, to begin with, I read them in Russian. About Britain, I know that the great Shakespeare lived there, as did the writers Jonathan Swift, Charles Dickens, Bernard Shaw and Somerset Maugham, and the scientists Isaac Newton and Charles Darwin. I know that kings and queens have long ruled there, though their authority is limited by Parliament, that the climate there is bad, but the popular music is good, for example the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. About another English-speaking country, Canada, I know only that it is the birthplace of hockey and that its countryside is similar to Russia's. I know even less about two other English-speaking countries, Australia and New Zealand. Thanks to my German grandmother, I know quite a lot about the history and culture of Germany, about the fragmented Germany of the 18th and 19th centuries about the Iron Chancellor Bismarck, who succeeded in unifying all the German-speaking states into a single country, even managing to add in the everlastingly disputed territories of Alsace and Lorraine, about the unleashing by Germany of the First and Second World Wars, about the dark years of fascism and the Jewish Holocaust, about the economic miracle in Germany of 1950 to 1960, about the existence of two German states, the FDR and the DDR, and about the unification of Germany in 1990 to 1991. My first book was the German Tales of the Brothers Grimm, which my grandmother read to me at night, 
I remember how it annoyed her if I failed to understand something. It's a fairy tale, she would say to me in German. Understand? A fairy tale. In a fairy tale, everything is possible. It is fair to say that since then, I have come to understand that in life too, everything is possible, and that one should not be surprised at anything at all, whether good or bad. We just need to live, collecting impressions from life and enjoying them, overcoming difficulties and illnesses, and forgiving the treacheries of our friends. I also have a reasonable acquaintance with German classical literature, the beautiful verses of Wolfgang Goethe and his immortal Faust, the passionate verses and songs of Friedrich Schiller, the terrible tales of Hoffmann, the romantic poems of Heinrich Heine, the novels of Theodor Fontane, the poetry of Rilke, the pessimistic works of Franz Kafka, the philosophical novels and stories of Thomas Mann, the plays of Bertolt Brecht, the anti-war stories of Heinrich Bull. I love reading the German philosophers Kant, Hegel, Feuerbach, Schopenhauer and Nietzsche. I also found the works of Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels interesting, although their extremist summonses to revolution somewhat frightened me. More to my liking were their evolutionary ideas of the gradual humanization of social life. The main thing, though, that my grandmother taught me was German orderliness. Everything must be in the place allocated to it. All business must be done on time. You must not be late. You need to plan everything in advance. And you should not put anything off until tomorrow, because tomorrow will have its own new business and new tasks. I have always thought that if in the 19th or at the beginning of the 20th century someone had managed to create a unified German-Russian state with German orderliness, German efficiency, Russian creativity and wide open Russian spaces, then such a state would have had no equal in the whole world and none of the terrible wars of the 20th century would have happened. Of German-speaking Austria and Switzerland I know far less. I know only that Vienna was the music capital of the world in the 18th and 19th centuries and that there the psychologist Sigmund Freud began his work. Of Switzerland I know that it has four official languages but that nevertheless most people speak German, that there they make the renowned Swiss watches and the no less renowned Swiss cheese and that it is also famous for its ski centres. Thanks to literature, I know a little about France. In my youth, I lost myself in the novels of Alexandre Dumas and Jules Verne, and then went into a phase of reading Victor Hugo, Flaubert, Stendhal, and the novels and stories of Guy de Maupassant. I love French painters, the Impressionists and Post-Impressionists. I love French cooking, but sometimes I get a little annoyed by French nonchalance although the same quality is inherent in many Russians. Of other European countries, I know altogether little. Spain, to me it's Cervantes, Paella and the sea. Greece, the Parthenon and Sparta. Holland, canals and Van Gogh. Denmark, Anderson and comfortable Copenhagen. Poland, Chopin and the endless spat with Russia over who is supreme in the Slavic world. I know absolutely nothing 
about South America, apart from the carnival in Rio de Janeiro and its renowned beaches. I know nothing of Africa, except that it is home to many wild animals that are found nowhere else. I know little of Asia, with all its vastness and diversity, of China, India, Japan, Turkey, Iran, Indonesia, the Arabic countries, even though I myself was born in Central Asia, in Turkmenistan. My life is already drawing to a close, but there is so much more that I still want to find out about the cultures of different countries and peoples.